Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a land. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Okay, so we're really late, so it's hour two, and this is Sports Sunday on The Fan. It's Mike and Rashad and Jesse, we're here. And Fan break. text line five five three five. Okay. And break. Jesse has sports in it. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that's two segments away. Um, yeah, so we went way long. I'm I, I get very fired up about the Terry's. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm super immature, bro. I thought you knew. <sighs> I wasn't expecting that. The Terry Stotts thing gets me fired up because I've heard it all over the place, and I'm like, it's not Terry's fault. I just it's I don't I don't think Bears Stotts fall. is a bad coach. I don't think Stotts is a bad coach, and I think that's what's getting lost. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm saying I talk a lot about culture on this show and being able to um, create a winning culture or change a culture around, and it just seems like the Blazers are just kind of stuck in the mud. Regardless of what changes they make or what personnel they bring in, it's just kind of the same, the same old suit, and it's just it's. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I think if the, if things are going to change, if there's going to be a shakeup somewhere. It's got st- it's it's got to start there. Olshay, when he goes, there's probably going to be a new head coach. Probably. Mm, I don't know. Most most GMs bring in their their guy. I don't know. You know. So Olshay, or uh, and excuse me, um, Stotts is a great dude. So Damian Lillard will vouch for him, and you want to make Damian Lillard angry. You won't like him when he's angry. I guess not. And then he will have reneged on his word and said he's going to go somewhere else. Well, so, we've seen that before. Literally every co- yeah, every NBA player ever. There you go. So I mean, don't everybody's really banking on the fact that Dame is going to be here? I, I don't. I'm not as confident. Like I think once he's tired of losing and he's tired of being in this spot, man, Dame, like other NBA players, other NFL players, man, they will shake. Just saying. All right. Well, it's already break time again. <laughs> And I don't want to get into the Olympics thing because, well, we don't have enough time to do that now. No. Uh, but It doesn't matter anyway. Well, I mean, it does matter because it's your opinion, and your opinion matters. It does, but nobody wants to talk about the Olympics, though. Well, let's talk about downhill skiing. Olympics is- were awesome, except for the fact that it's ran by the IOC, and therefore I have boycotted it this season. Well, Rashad hates the Winter Olympics. I boycott the Winter Olympics every Like, hates them. Years. And I don't really care about either Olympics. Like, I, I just find it very hard to care. I don't dislike or like. I just don't really care about the sports, and I don't particularly know the athletes. So it's very hard for me to sit down and watch it and be enthralled by it. There have been times over the last 
many, many, many years of my life, I suppose would be a good way to put it because it's every four years, um, where I have been roped in by a storyline or, you know, Michael Phelps chasing medals or something like that. I've been roped in by that. But in general, I just find it hard to care because I don't know anything about it. And because it's so infrequent, it makes it hard to learn about it. And people will say like, well, Mike, you started watching Premier League without any soccer knowledge. And it's like, yeah, but guess what? I could watch the Premier League every weekend for eight months and then it happens again next season. So I, I can't watch these Winter Olympic sports for another four years after this. Or if I can, it's going to be, again, something I don't understand and it's going to be on a channel I can't find. So that's been, that's always been my problem with the Olympics is it just, I get it, it's cool, root for your, root for your country and, you know, it's that that's, that's cool and all, but I, I don't, I don't know. I've never been that sucked into it. And that's that's my hot Olympics take. Love I I I love the patriotism, the 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 pageantry of the Olympics. I love the especially I love the the summer games. Summer games are great. Winter games, not so much. Nothing there that I identify with. Kind of a, a, a kind of a culturally, you know what I'm saying, bias type of event like you have to be rich to do most of the sports that are are offered during the the Winter Olympics. Like nobody, at least not a lot of the people that I grew up with, could afford man alpine skiing, ice hockey, curling, snowboarding, ski, speed skating, cross country skiing, bobsledding, skeleton. Like who? Which which ones are your? And Jesse, you're you're a polo player. How many of your friends play do alpine skiing? Or well, that's the thing. Like the the skiing thing is actually not ridiculously expensive, but it's the thing that, I mean, I don't think a lot of inner city kids are thinking about to, to doing. Be able to, to be able to pay for lessons, to be able to pay uh, for you don't, somebody. Well, see, that's the thing. Like that. See, that's 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 where the thing is. Is like paying for lessons. Maybe you you pay for one lesson. Like your first trip trip, you pay for a ninety dollar lesson session. But outside of that, it's like you don't need lessons every time you how go. Much up. Is it, how much is how much is to just have, spend time on the mountain? You, uh, at the right time, if you go on the right time, you can get a night pass for the season. And once again, you have to go at the night right time. And I think they do this more towards like, um, you know, like halfway through the season, they'll give you a night pass for like 99 bucks. Okay. 99 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and you I can go get, skiing. First, is, I got to get to Mount Hood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, but then I look at the summer games, not to cut you out, I look at summer games and it's and it's golf and it's basketball, and it's tennis and baseball and 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 softball and track wrestling. And golf track is just field. as expensive stuff, to do as But it's as stuff skiing. That, that it's stuff that's relatively, man, mind you, golf, yes, but other than that, stuff that's accessible. And at least for golf, we're watching it now, it's something that I would watch. On a regular Sunday right yeah. now. I would never watch the luge on any day. And, yeah, you're talking about a cultural and and obviously a geographical yes. problem there. But at the same time, it's it's what what's supposed to draw you in is the storylines, like Mike was saying, uh, about somebody achieving their dream for the, that's been like a— like driving towards this because most of these people are young, right? They're like, I mean, you talk about the Summer Olympics, some of these gymnasts, you know, they're 13, 13 right? Like, but you're, they're achieving a dream of like, they've literally been doing this since they were an infant, right? Yeah. It, you get to see that, which you don't get to see in professional sports. So that's, it's nice that you get to see that for like two weeks a, and it goes away. I have a 10 year old sister who loves gymnastics. She was able to watch Simone Biles in the Olympics a few years ago. And since then she's been, Obsessed. She said nothing to me about freestyle skiing or curling. Yeah, but the, but see, that's the difference. Is like once again, I came. I didn't come from a privileged family. My, you know, um, my 
my dad, you know, had to choose what we got to do. I had to, you know, pass the $100 athletic fee at school off like for weeks at a time sometimes just to try to play sports. At the same time, we went to, um, we got our equipment going to garage sales and this and that. And my brother, that's what he dreamed of doing was being a snow skier. And I remember him drawing the Olympic rings on the tips of his skis because that's what his dream was when he was young. So, I mean, granted, um, he's not black, he's white, but he's not in the correct geographical area. And that is what he identified with. So, I mean, there are plenty of people all over that identify with that, but it's more, I think, of identifying with the story and the idea of of patriotism and people achieving their dreams. I, I just, I think it's all clouded now by, I think the two most filthy organizations on the face of the planet are the IOC and the FIFA. So I like that aspect of it. Like it's really cool that these for the for the people involved in the Olympics, but it's hard for me to find it in me to be interested in watching it without the knowledge of those people. And I know that they try to kind of shove it down your throat really quickly because there's all these things going on. It's like this person does this and this and this and this and this is their story. And it's like for me, it, I like it to be a little bit more natural than that. And maybe it's on me to do more research for the Olympic starts or something like that. But again, it, it's a kind of a, a double-edged sword for me is I don't care enough to do the research so that I don't do it. Yeah, and, and then I don't care watching it so that I'm not going to care enough to do the research. And you don't get to follow these sports either. At least every once in a while, like the swimming every summer, there's some swimming on TV and that kind of stuff. You, you don't see skiing, but... Yeah, the track races are always on TV. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the summer Olympic sports actually do get more play on a more normal basis than these other winter sports, which probably helps to identify with the Summer Olympics more than the winter. That is very true. I do identify with that more, but still, I, I put it in the same boat. It's just, for me, it's all kind of meh. Uh, and Rashad at least doesn't hate born. the winter ones. Let's go summer. Um, all right, coming up next, West Coast Bias is back, and I want to do a little Pac-12 college hoops and why on earth it is so down this year. That is next year on Sports Sunday on The Fan. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Wrong side! Left side! Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I didn't hear my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ten twenty-two here on Sports Sunday, West Coast Bias time. Not football related today. Uh, in fact, uh, don't want to spend too much time on it. I do want to get back on the clock, so it'll be a short segment here. But um, the Pac-12 is very down this year. And Jesse, if you don't mind me borrowing this this mouse for a second, there's a clip from Jay Billis when he was on with Dirt and Sprague when they asked him how many Pac-12 teams are going to make the tournament this year. Remember, there's we're almost at March. We're getting close to tournament time. And this this was his answer. Probably six. I don't know if it'll wind up being six, but but um, probably six. And I think the league has been better in past years. Um, you know, there have been a lot of transitions or, or some transitions within the league. Uh, you know, Stanford hired a new coach a couple years ago. Uh, Washington State, Washington, new coaches. So you've had some turnover there. Uh, and, and I think they're, you know, Oregon is, is a little bit down this year after going to the final four last year. And it's the fact that he said six is, is scary mm -hmm. because right now there's only five on the bracketology list for PAC 12 teams. And, um, 
if you look at the the conference, there's only two ranked teams, Arizona and Arizona State. Arizona's number 25, and they lost their last game against Arizona, I believe. So they'll probably fall out of the rankings again this week. And there will only be one ranked team, most likely, in the Pac-12, unless UCLA slips up in there now that they're 19-8. and eight. It is, if you've watched any Pac-12 hoops this year, it has been inconsistent. It has been a lot of parody, which I guess is interesting to watch if you're into the conference. But nobody's really stepping out as being a really good team. No one's stepping out ahead as being a solid team. Oregon last year, the final four team, the Oregon Ducks, they're 17-10, and 7-7 seven and seven in conference play, 7-7 seven and seven in conference play in a pretty bad conference this year. And in bracketology, they're not even on the list of next four out. They're just not even being considered for the tournament right now. And that's a final four team from last year. Oregon State is 13 and 13, 5 and 9 in conference, and that's with Trace Tinkle scoring 20 plus points every game. They're bad. Washington is much improved thanks to former Syracuse assistant coach Mike Hopkins, who I'm super sad that he left. Um, but they're not good enough yet. Stanford, as you heard Jay Billis mentions, is still in a period of transition. Utah is 17 and 9. USC is 19 and 9. There's not a lot of good teams in the Pac 12 right now. And it's weird because I feel like for the last few years, we've looked at the Pac 12 as like, wow, it's not the best basketball conference, but they're getting better. Then last year, they have like eight teams make it. You have a team in the Final Four. There's a lot of buzz around the Pac 12, and it all came crashing down this year. And it's kind of, it's, it kind of sucks. No, it's, it's, I'll be real. I haven't watched any. Pac-12 basketball this year. I don't. I, I typically don't really care until right until the the tournament. Then I'll start doing some research and seeing what it is and everything. But I know the Ducks have been um, much like the the Portland Trailblazers, inconsistent. They just haven't been able to find uh, their groove. You know, there was a stretch during the season where they beat a bunch of you know they beat Colorado State and I think Portland State was in between there and you know they got some wins, but it, it they've been. Up a couple games, then we're going to drop a couple games. Then we win a game, then we lose a game. Then we win another one, and you feel good, and you lose another one. And so there hasn't been really any consistency as far as the Ducks are, are you know, as far as the the, the Ducks go. But everyone else, man, I just I don't I don't know. I can't really explain like what's happening with uh with teams like I mean Oregon State. Like we talked about this off air. Like after the Gary Payton year, I expected Oregon State to take that step forward and be one of those teams that was competing for a Pac-12 championship and was competing for um, a, a, a tournament bid for, for a relatively high seed, maybe a five or six seed or something like that. And it just hasn't happened. And I'm not sure if that's Tinkle. I'm not sure if that's just a matter of them not having enough talent at Oregon State. But either way, it's it's been relatively disappointing to see them kind of take two steps backwards since the since the since a couple of years ago with Gary Payton Jr. I feel like it's uh, everything points to Oregon State at this point where you have brought in coaches that have had initial success. You think about the the two CBI tournaments that they won and, oh, we're the CBI champions and the, things are looking up and nothing ever materialized from those moments. They never were able to make it to the NIT and make a, a splash or, the, I mean, the tournament's basically out of their reach year in and year out. And, I mean, you've brought in coaches that have proven in the beginning to, you know, that have some sort of success, but it 
doesn't maintain. And I, I think that points more towards the culture of, of Oregon State itself than to the actual coaching staffs. Just looking at the bracketology now, mm-hmm. Pac-12, four teams in the tournament. Two of them, UCLA, USC, are in the first four games. Ouch. So essentially, and then Washington is in the first four out and Utah's in the next four out. So if those two, UCLA and USC, kind of fall off a tiny bit and the rest stays the same, the Pac-12 could have two teams Mm. make the tournament. Now, look, I'm not going to expect that. That's worst case scenario, but that would be super embarrassing. Now, to be fair, it's not just the Pac-12. The Big Ten also only has four teams in the bracketology right now, which is actually shocking for the Big Ten. But... If you're a major five conference, power five conference, and you're getting f- two to four to five teams in the tournament, huh, that's really bad. It is. That's that's not good. It is, but even but I mean, I'm looking at the top of the of um the rankings, you know, just for this week, and this is the really the way the basketball season's been going. Like these, most of these aren't. I'm not going to say traditional powers because I don't think that's fair. But Virginia was good. You know, they've been good they've for been the past good. couple couple seasons. Michigan State. Is you know Always obviously good. been you know pretty good, but you know teams like Xavier, you know who's finally kind of taking yeah. a big no Xavier and they, mind you they've been good. This is the first year they were ranked number one at a point during the season. Cincinnati is back, you know mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Uh, Purdue is a, a big player this year, and Texas Texas Tech, Tech is weird. It's, you know I'm, I'm looking at Auburn, and Auburn, it's really? like Clemson, like you guys are the, yeah, you guys are the teams too. that are killing, and Duke yeah. is ranked like what 15th or something like that. Right I saw now. yeah, so th- I'm looking at that and like oh man it's. It's a little kind of weird. A, it's a weird yeah, year. Yeah, it's kind of a toss-up right now. You know, Nevada is a top 25 team, mm. you know, so far in the season. So Texas A&M is good again. Rhode Island is a top 50, top, top 20 team. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking at all these teams like, oh, well, maybe it's just a, one of those weird years, one of those weird recruiting years. Recruits haven't panned out the way that you might have thought. But I think we know for the Ducks, things will be a little bit different next year. You get a bowl bowl in. You get the top recruiting class in the country uh, coming to your school. So you hope – if you're a Ducks fan, things are going to change. Um, Oregon State, to my knowledge, hasn't really recruited any local kids, so I'm not sure what they plan, what the move is for them. Do they keep Tinkle? Do they go a different direction, you know, with, at that point? but So there's a lot of questions to be answered by the end of the season, but uh, I, I do only see about, I mean, I, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, text please. I only see maybe three, three or four teams from Pac-12 getting in. If it looks like this, and I'm looking at the rest of, their, of the schedules for the season, um, yeah, I, I really. It's going to be a toss see, up. I really only see uh, Arizona and uh, who's the other one? UCLA. Well, Arizona State could get in too. They've been pretty so, good this year. The Arizona State was at a point ranked, I think, third. Yep. This season they so got really they, high. They, they, were, lost they were a really good team. Yeah. All right, we got a break coming up next. It's time for Hater to Love It. Here is Jesse with Sports. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. It is a competition. Jesse will ask us a Hate It or Love It question. He will then award us points or deduct us points based on our answers. And the winner... Gets to host the last segment of the show. Woo! So, who goes first this week? 
I think you do. Okay. And the Jesse, you go ahead and get us started. All right. Um, well, we have done a, well, a uh, NBA heavy show, so let's stick with that for now. Okay. Um, Adam Silver came out uh, and announced a possible playoff change due to the imbalances between the conferences for quite some time now. Um, I've probably been under-exaggerating the uh, amount of discrepancy between the two conferences and the time that uh, it's been going on. However, uh, he has said that he believes that uh, maybe we should seed these teams based on record and not on conference. Both conferences still getting eight teams in. If we did this, Cleveland would be the fifth seed this season, and currently as it stands, Houston Rockets would be number one, and the Golden State Warriors would be the second seed. Oh, so his idea is seeding regardless of well, the right. best 16 teams. Well, no, no. It is the top eight from each conference yes. seeded by record. Yes. It'd still be the best 16. You're right? still seeding well, best, uh, based on best team. So, yeah, like basically the last you know, like five a, teams would be in the East. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> yeah. So there would be better teams in the West that could make potentially still miss the playoffs because mm-hmm. they're not in the top eight. Okay. I just Correct. wanted to make sure yes. that was the, the conference. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. And so, but it would also allow, let's say, Houston and Golden State to, mat, uh, to meet up in the finals. Love or hate. Adam Silver's playoff seeding format should be a slam dunk. I love it. I do. I, I I would much prefer a one through 16 true record playoffs just because I, if we're already at this point where we've destroyed the divisions and now all we care about is conferences and he's thinking about getting rid of the conferences for the playoffs in general by making it one through 16, we'll just get rid of the conferences then. Let it be one through 16. Let it be the 16 best teams in the league have a chance to fight for the playoffs. But if this is the compromise because people want to keep East versus West, cool, great, I don't mind. I would love to see it where you have uh, the one through sixteen format, and it's like a, it, it it makes it it makes it feel like there'd be more parity to me in the playoffs. It'd be a more interesting matchup between uh, certain teams that you don't normally get to see play each other. And I think the cool part would be this year your one and two seeds would be the Rockets and Warriors which means those two would be on a collision course to play in the finals, which would be exactly what we want to see in the finals, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to see Rockets Warriors in the NBA finals, mm-hmm. not the conference finals? That'd be amazing. So I'd be totally down for that. So I love it. Uh, man, I love it too. And I'll be real. There's not a lot I can really, really, really add to what Lynch said, to be real. Like, they the, they need to have a shakeup for the playoffs. Um, they Much like they shook up the All-Star game, um, it was getting stale, it's getting boring, and it's just one of those things you know exactly who's going to be in finals. So let's just cut out all the extra pageantry and just put the two teams in the finals you want to see. This, I think this would be a great opportunity uh, to be able to do that. Um, you want to see the best teams play, and a lot of times the best teams come from the same conference. Football has it right. Baseball has it about right. It doesn't matter if you AL or NL. Um, doesn't matter which part of the country you're from. Uh, you still meet up, so it doesn't really matter. Like we saw a Super Bowl that had the Broncos and the Seahawks, both kind of West Coast-ish teams, and it was just fine with everyone. So I think people would be much more inclined to watch Rockets Warriors in the finals, which will be a fun seven game series, as opposed to Warriors Cleveland, where you know it's going to be over in five. All right. Nice. Good start, guys. Um, that's kind of kind of just easily segue us into our next one, which currently, like I said, uh, with 
this format, you would have the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors as the top two seeds in the playoffs,、uh, with the top seed being the Houston Rockets as it stands right now. Love or hate, the Houston Rockets will steal the top overall seed from the Golden State Warriors. I hate it. Golden State's been playing. With no energy the last month of the season, why do you think Steve Kerr tried to do the coach or the players are coaching themselves game against the Suns? That was some shade.、Too. He's trying everything he can to get this team re engaged. You saw it in the Blazers game on Wednesday. They were not in that game paying attention at all in the first half. But here's where we're getting down to the nitty gritty. There's 20 ish games left in the season, right? 20, 25 games left. That's when the Warriors will turn it on. The, the Rockets are in first place thanks to a 10 game winning streak. They're 10 and 0, while the Warriors are 6 and 4, and that gave them a half game lead for first place. The Rockets, at this point in the season, needed a 10 game win streak to take that one spot. The Warriors are going to turn it on. The Warriors are going to go, okay, it's time to play now, just like LeBron has turned it on because he knows it's time to play now for the Cavs. And once they get to the playoffs, it's going to be the same old, same old. This is. As much as we talked about the NBA season has been fun, and that's a nice change idea, and the All Star break was fun, or has been fun, this is still the problem. is We know the Warriors are going to turn it on and make it. We know the Cavs are going to turn it on and make it to the finals. So that's why the NBA is kind of in a rough spot right now. But I, 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 I hate that the Rockets will hold it.、Uh, I, I love that the Rockets、uh, will hold it.、Um, honestly, I've said it, and、uh, really off of this show. Um, I think James Harden is the best player in the league right now. Not saying overall, but I think right now, James Harden is the best basketball player in the NBA. He's really, that team has really taken on、uh, his personality. And really, they've, they've done a great job of making sure they build around James Harden and knowing what he does really well. With that,、uh, everybody thought this whole thing with Chris Paul wouldn't work and there's not enough basketballs to get assists. And Chris Paul's averaging 19 points and nine assists on the season. You've got a guy like.、Um, Uh, what's, what's the、uh, Eric Gordon, who has just quietly been one of the best six men in the entire NBA and he just comes in and kills all the time? Like, you got a team in Houston that's really, really, really good, stinking good. And I think you got a team in Gold State who just kind of knows they just have to make it to the finals or they have to, just have to make it to the playoffs. They'll be fine once they get there. It's not going to matter if they have to play one additional game in Houston or wherever else because they know they're just going to they're prob- they're gonna win the series. I think they don't, they're not really stressing it right now because they want to leave some additional energy. For this newly acquired Cleveland Cavaliers squad, I like it. I like it, but I like it a lot. Throwing points around left and right, <laughs> just giving them away today.、Um, Lynch, slight one point lead. Nice. Heading into the final. Nice.、Um, with, with that said, you've, you've had the advantage of going first.、So、I'm going to give. Rashad has agreed with me.、So. Yeah.、Um, I'm going to give Rashad the opportunity to choose what our next topic will be because I have、oh, several other topics.、Nice、okay. Yes. I, I thought that'd be baseball.、Uh, right? Baseball. <laughs> you don't、Not、want、really. to do that.、Um, currently, we have、baseball? a.、Uh, Talk about pitchers and catchers reporting. Baseball? <laughs> we got LeGarrette Blunt returning to Philly. We got、uh, no Super Bowl hangovers next season. Russell Westbrook proving Durant's decision was right. And.、Uh, 
we're seeing the fall of Kentucky. I think we both kind of looked at the Durant thing, like the Westbrook Durant thing. Let's go with that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, I well, hear basically, it. all right. So, so we're looking at it well, right now. Just, Oklahoma City sitting in the in yeah, that's what we're doing oh, right okay. now. Okay, yeah. So Oklahoma City sitting in the five seed currently in the West. They got Paul George, brought him over there, and we saw him play against Cleveland just before the All Star break, and they didn't look very good. Um, Basically, if you want to come out, we'll we'll just take this the herd route. Basically, a herd saying, "Hey, look at what happens when um, LeBron leaves his team. They turn to absolute junk. What happens when you have um, Russell Westbrook and you add Paul George? Not a whole lot. So, basically, saying that you just can't really get it done with Russell Westbrook being the man. Love or hate, Oklahoma City's Russell Westbrook proving Durant's decision was right. That's a that's a hard way to answer it the way you worded it because I love it. I do love it. Well, I've I've always been okay with Durant's decision. And I think it's it has less to do though with proving Durant's decision right and proving that the Warriors are just too darn good of a team that no matter who they added, they would still be winning championships. You know what I mean? The the fact that Russell Westbrook can add Paul Jordan, Carmelo Anthony, and they can still trouble makes sense or be in trouble and it makes sense because they're not the Warriors. They don't have two of the most elite shooters we've ever seen in basketball on the same team. They don't have one of the best fours in the NBA right now who can do a little bit of everything as one of the and is the best defender in the NBA in Draymond Green. Um, and and they don't have one of the best coaches in the NBA in Steve Kerr. What they have is a great driving point guard who is also a decent shooter that does it all in Russell Westbrook, right? He does a little bit of everything, but he's also a complete ball hog. He needs the ball 100% of the time for that team to work, right? You've now got Paul George, who is probably better than what he's given, being given credit for. He's almost like Kevin Love with the Cavs right now. He's become almost a shooter. And then you got Carmelo, who's being Carmelo, right? I, I, so I love it because I think the decision was right is that you can't win with Russell Westbrook dominating the ball 100% of the time. you got to share it a little bit more. So, yeah, love. I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, Durant didn't make the right decision. He didn't make a wrong decision. He made a weak one. So it's not like we give Durant a lot of credit for going to Golden State and winning the championship. What we don't say is that he went to a team that just won 73 games and was on the verge of winning their second straight championship. He didn't go to Washington and make that team better and win a championship and show that he can be that leader. He didn't do it in Minnesota. He didn't do it in L.A. He went to the most stacked team that we've possibly ever seen in the past 15 years in the NBA and decided to win a championship there. Russell, Russell Westbrook, for the ball hog that he is, leads the league or is second in the league in assists averaged a triple-double last year, throwing to nobody. His very best player was Victor Oladipo, who was a shell of himself, or at least was half of the player that he was when he's now that he's in Indiana. Uh, you have to have he, – he, he's a ball-dominant player, but so is LeBron. And if LeBron don't have the ball in his hands, the, the Cavaliers don't work. Steph Curry is the exception because he doesn't need the ball in his hands because he also has a Klay Thompson. He also has a, a Draymond Green and, oh, yeah, a Kevin Durant who he can throw the ball to, so he doesn't need to be his ball dominant. Catch and shoot. Westbrook, man, he's got to get Steven Adams involved. He had to get Cantor involved. He had to get all those little players around him that aren't as good involved. That's just the way it works. Carmelo's going to shoot because that's what he does. Paul George is just there being Paul George, which is just quietly having a great season, but it's being, he's really being overshadowed by how good Westbrook is. Westbrook is that dude, and anybody who says otherwise is just hate. Not you, Lynch, but I'm saying I think he's I think Westbrook is that guy. Oh, I love it when 
when you get uh, Rashad all riled up. I fight for the underdog, man. All the players people hate and don't like, man, those are, I, I, I like them. I don't mind them. You're the NBA version of of me in the NFL, right? Good, like, yeah. I, I'm like. Your con- Kirkers <laughs> and all those guys. Like, yeah. Man, no. Yeah. Uh, with that said, um, you just out. Edged Lynch. Ugh. Woo! The passion. The passion. Russell Westbrook hey, passion. I, I, somebody, me and someone on the text line were going back and forth about James Harden and really saying, because I think the LaMarcus Aldridge thing, what's a big hot button here in the town? Yeah. You know what? Anytime you say anything about good or bad about LaMarcus, it just sparks conversation. <laughs> and I was saying, man, I think Harden he carries his team. Nobody, I mean, really, he's carried his team for the past four years. LaMarcus could be the man. He chooses not to. And I think that's where people's frustration with the Marcus comes from. All right. Well, Rashad gets to host the last segment. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. <laughs> Whatever that is. That'll be next here on fo- no uh, on sports. There we Sunday go. On 1080 the fan. For sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Glorious. I won't give in until I'm victorious. Thank you, Lynch, for letting me be victorious today. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're <guy>. welcome. <laughs> uh, 10.52, so we've got like four minutes left? Sure. Three minutes? Something like that? Um, I don't have anything to talk about. Do you have anything you want to say? I- I thought you wanted to We talk. should be better prepared for this. I thought this you wanted to talk about Black Panther. Oh, Black Panther. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. So, <laughs> like, you have, uh, we talked about this. My we bad. Actually did I wasn't talk thinking. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't even, you know, my fault. Um, went to go see Black Panther on Thursday. Opening uh, night, right? Opening night. Um, super good movie. Um, took my six year old son to go see it. Uh, he was sweating me about it for a couple weeks, and it was, I saw how excited he was. I was like, this is. That's kind of weird, man. But okay, yeah. He's never really been excited about going to see a movie. I think he really wants to see, uh, I forget what it was, um, Boss Baby. I think it was the last thing that he really, really wanted to go see. So, oh, my God. Boss Baby was it. actually a funny movie, though. So, yeah. So, we all took him to see that. But um, he wants to see Star Wars. I'll take that back. So, we went to go check out um, The Last Jedi. But he was so excited for this movie. And I'll be honest, man. It, it was cool for me to go. And it was cool for me to see it. Um I know a lot of people, you know, it, it was not so much about, about race or anything like that. But, man, for me, like, it was awesome to see a, a black superhero. Um, it's great to go to a movie and not see, you know, brothers portrayed as the, the gang member, the drug dealer, the pimp, the, the one that's just doing overall crime or the slave. You know what I mean? Like, those are things that people win Oscars for. And uh, this was a really, really well thought out movie. Um, it was a great, it was a great movie. If nothing else, man, black, white, green, purple, man. If you like superhero movies, man, this may Ooh. have been one of the best Marvel movies. You don't want to be the Purple Man, and I want to know if anyone knows that reference. I guarantee there's someone out there like who knows. Grimace? It. Nope. I'll say, oh. I'll spoil it at the end. But okay, um, I have not seen the movie, but I'm not, I'm not really a big superhero movie guy, so it, it wasn't even on my radar in general outside of just the the buzz it was getting. But from what I've read, 
is that this is being considered one of the best superhero movies since The Dark Knight came out in terms of just being a pure, good superhero movie. Mm -hmm. It's got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. A 97%. The critics' consensus says, Black Panther elevates superhero cinema to thrilling new heights while telling one of the MCU's most absorbing stories and introducing some of the most fully realized characters. That sounds like a great movie to me. No, it was it was it <laughs> was I'm not awesome a big superhero movie. movie guy, but I like the ones where the story is actually like easy to or fun and deep to follow. It was a very good story, very easy to follow. Um a lot of conflicts in there, you know, about right and wrong or what is right or what's not and everything. It was it was a really well done movie. Uh if you like Marvel films or DC is not very good, although Wonder Woman was fresh. Um but uh if you like Marvel films, man, go check it out. Great movie. Hopefully it's not sold out on you today. I know a lot of people are going to go check it out on Sunday because of no work tomorrow, so check it out. Black Panther. Watch the All-Star Game tonight, too. Purple Man was from Five Nights at Freddy's, the video game. So just From Nintendo? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, I did have... The, no, you know, I had the Friday Five Nights at Freddy's is like a horror game on PC. Yeah, I had, a, uh, I had uh, the Friday the 13th game on uh, Nintendo. Yeah. Pretty terrible. Cool story, bro. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's pretty <laughs> terrible. Not a great game. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for listening. Show will be podcasted if you missed any of it on the Alessio Tires podcast on TennyTheFan.com and the Tenny of the Fan app. We will be back next week continuing sports, underlined, bold, italicized, Sunday, as uh, we'll be able to talk about whatever the heck we want until football season again. And then it does include football, but we'll – We'll do some non-sportsy stuff, too, over the next uh, couple of months as we are in more of a relaxed sports time of the year. So check us back out next week, 9 to 11 a.m. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. If you have tomorrow off, enjoy it. We as a station are off tomorrow, so we, we will not be here. So if you have a tomorrow off, enjoy it. If not, so, sorry. Hit me on Twitter. We can debate us some stuff. Yeah, so shot will debate anybody. Absolutely. Enjoy, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.